Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural episode of Mentally Optimal. As this is the first episode of this podcast, the podcast series is going to be focused on educating the public on mental skills that can be applied to their everyday lives. These mental skills are grounded within the field of sport and performance psychology, but however have implications for anybody simply wanting to improve their performance across all domains. About me, my name is Anthony Alibro. I graduated from Florida State University with a master's in sports psychology. I've had the opportunity to serve as a mental performance consultant, working with elite athletes and performers across multiple domains and levels. For those wondering what mental performance consulting is, in the sport and performance world, a mental performance consultant works with performers and athletes on the mental side of their performance. This can include things like ensuring their attention is where it needs to be, handling performance anxiety and performing under pressure, building team cohesion and working as a unit, and so much more. Now, while much of the literature and findings within the field of sport and performance psychology are found within sport and performance domains, the information is highly relevant to everyone simply wanting to improve performance in any domain. With that being said, this inaugural episode will be focused and circled all around burnout. More specifically, this episode will be, I'll be defining burnout. I'm going to go into some of the reasons why someone might be feeling burnt out. I'll go into some of the symptomology, how it varies on a case-by-case basis, but what does it look like to someone who's experiencing or suffering from burnout, and what kind of meaningful action somebody can take depending on their symptoms. So I know burnout's been a term thrown around quite a bit, especially as of late, especially coming out of the pandemic and things like that. And you've probably said it yourself. You've probably heard people around you say how burnt out they're feeling. What does that actually mean? So a couple of the definitions that have been thrown around, uh, these are more formal definitions. One from the World Health Organization defines burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as a result from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. Another one, and more of the sport and performance domain, another definition is involving emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and a reduced sense of personal accomplishment. So basically, when you're burnt out, you become a lot more apathetic towards your job, towards life more broadly. It can be a very stressful experience for you. And also, in whatever context you're in, you don't feel the sense of accomplishment you might have once felt. Really big stat here. Uh, there was a study and a survey that was put out there that basically said that between 41 and 61% of people are thought to feel burnt out at this moment. 41 and 61%, between 41 and 61% of people are thought to be burnt out. The next time you're in a Zoom meeting, the next time you're in an office, in a meeting, look at the person next to you, there's a damn good chance that one or both of you are feeling burnt out. And it's obvious to say that burnout is related to a number of many negative outcomes. Uh, If you or someone you know have suffered from burnout, you probably can attest to these. Feelings of general fatigue, sometimes it can even link towards depression, can really affect your sleep, more generalized anxiety, things like that. So now we kind of have a better idea of what the more formal definition of burnout looks like. It's important to know the reasons and the origins as to why you or someone might be burnt out. And uh, to start with this, it's important to understand the origin if it's coming from yourself or if it's coming from a boss or a manager. Now, if it's coming from a boss or a manager, 
it's a pretty good chance that one, you probably hate your boss, but also the workplace itself might be toxic. It might not be conducive to your overall productivity as well as to your own well-being. Uh, as we know today, with the great resignation in mind, overwork is one of the reasons we're seeing people resign in hopes of better pay, better work hours, better work conditions, better benefits. But that's not the overall focus of today's pod. Especially if it's coming from that boss or coming from that manager and they're really kind of incessantly getting on you about putting in those extra hours. Those extra hours don't necessarily mean more productivity. If anybody's worked a 50 to 55 plus hour week, you probably know that at that 50 hour mark, you're pretty burnt. Your mind is mush. You're just kind of really going through the motions. Whatever product you're putting out, whatever output there is, it's probably not going to be that great. And there's research that actually shows that productivity significantly drops after 50 hours of the work week. And there's some evidence to even suggest that out of an eight-hour day, so those working like a typical nine to five, only three hours are being actually productive. Three of the eight hours, less than 50% of the day. Now, this might be because you're on TikTok scrolling for five of those hours. It might be because you're on Instagram, Reddit, checking out your favorite influencers, maybe a little Netflix setup that I don't know about. I know Stranger Things just dropped. So whatever that, those reasons are, why are we only being productive three of the eight hours of the day? I don't know. But if we can get to the answer to those reasons too, we might be able to avoid those extra man hours and hopefully get the boss off your ass in that regard. But I digress. This doesn't mean necessarily that if a boss is kind of hounding you, harassing you to put those extra hours in to go ream them out or immediately quit your job or to take any drastic action for that matter. However, it might warrant some reflection on your end on whether or not the current position you're in is conducive to your well-being, is really allowing to be your most productive self, and if it's a workplace or a work environment that you want to remain in. So on the other end of that, if, if the burnout you feel like is stemming from your own thoughts, from your own ambitions, if you will, try to better understand the feel and the reason why you need to put in so many hours. I know that grind culture, especially that grind set, if you will, is very American, something that's been very perpetuated in social media nowadays. Um, and that's not to say that there's anything wrong with being a go-getter, but that constant feeling that you're not doing enough, or maybe that constant feeling that you need to show colleagues and management that you're dedicated and committed to your work might be one of the reasons why you're feeling so burnt out day in and day out. So whether or not it's because you're trying to appease to the masses or whether or not it's trying to prove to yourself that you're this ambitious go-getter dedicated to your work, ask yourself two questions if it's really burning you out. Number one, is responsibility you're putting on yourself worth the toll on your mental and physical health? And number two, where should you draw the line between working and not working, especially if you yourself are putting that demand on you to put in those extra man hours and to really just keep grinding when you don't really have to or don't really need to. Now, especially today, as we know, with smartphones, tablets, email, Slack, all of these great technologies that help us to be more productive, all of these devices are constantly pinging. All of these applications are constantly pinging. So turning off work feels nearly impossible. So when you find yourself at 8 p.m. on your phone, you get an email related to work, Ask yourself if it can wait until tomorrow, or do you really need to engage your mind again in that work? Because when you go to do that, if you're looking at an email at 8 p.m., 
your ability to detach from work is significantly hindered. If you're out there scrolling on your email at 8 p.m. when you could be spending precious time with family, you could be binging Stranger Things, you could be doing anything else to try to relax and recover, you're not allowing yourself the time to detach from work, and that's going to lead to greater feelings of burnout in the long run. This is also kind of the case if you find yourself at 4.45 p.m. on a Friday and you typically get out at 5 and all of a sudden you're telling yourself, maybe I should start a new, new project, a new task and things like that. Ask yourself, what will happen if I push this till next week or tomorrow if it happens to be not on a Friday? Taking that time to reflect kind of the, on the pros and on the cons of that kind of grind set of putting yourself on, through these extra man hours of trying to prove to yourself and prove to others that you're such a dedicated worker can help sort of negate the feelings of needing to go back into the work and putting in those extra man hours. And also just kind of emphasizes what times of the day you're going to be productive and what times you're going to be able to get. If you can make that distinguish, if you can distinguish between those two times, if you will, between not productive and productive, you can allow yourself those time blocks to adequately recover. And that is a huge, huge piece in recovering from burnout. So after you discover the reasons or the origins as to why you might be feeling burnt out, right? Why are you putting yourself through the grind to the point where you're feeling apathetic and you don't care anymore? It's important to recognize the symptoms that arise from your burnout. And this is going to differ from a, on a case-by-case basis on what your burnout is going to look like. It might not look the same between two, three, even five people. So as stated earlier, there's really three major dimensions to burnout, and it tends to be signified by exhaustion, a reduced sense of accomplishment, and devaluation of someone's occupation or whatever task is causing them to feel more burnt out. I'll dive into these symptoms one by one and then kind of dive a little bit deeper into what kind of behaviors or things to engage or disengage in in order to accurately, adequately recover from those symptoms. So the first one being exhaustion. And there's two types of exhaustion related to burnout here. There's physical exhaustion and there's mental or emotional exhaustion. Mental and emotional exhaustion being of the same. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably. Now, physical exhaustion, uh, especially from jobs that require a lot of physical labor, you might feel chronic soreness, you might feel physical fatigue, a bit lethargic, things like that. Whereas a mental exhaustion or emotional exhaustion is quite a bit different. You might feel emotionally drained. You might find yourself in a constant brain fog. You might have this inability to focus on work or other tasks. And this can sometimes make a person feel especially irritable and it can affect their mood. So if you're feeling more physical exhaustion and some of that chronic soreness, that lethargy, things like that, the obvious answer here is to place an emphasis on rest and recovery. But the ways we go about rest and recovery is what needs to be emphasized here. When you think about rest and recovery, people just simply try to say, I need to take a quick break. I need to get away from this. But what you're doing when you're away from whatever's burning you out is extremely important. In order to effectively recover from burnout and from a long week, especially if it's more physical exhaustion, put an emphasis on obtaining enough sleep every night, seven to nine hours. Make sure your nutrition and hydration is where it needs to be. That way you're getting adequate muscle recovery. Your body is where it needs to be to engage in those recovery processes. And also, you're not being stagnant. You're stretching, you're engaging in lighter activities and things like that. What you do to recover and what you do outside of work is, can be seen as just as important as what you're doing in work. If you want to maintain a long-term 
success and you want to be able to be at your peak performance in the long term, place an emphasis on rest and recovery. Now, this does not mean that on your rest days or on your break days that you go on a two-hour run, you justify it as taking a day off. Take an actual break, detach. For the mental exhaustion piece, uh, when you talk about mental exhaustion, the key here is to rest and recover as well, but through a different manner, through a different mechanism, if you will. With regards to mental exhaustion, the emphasis here is on detachment. I'm going to repeat that. With regards to mental exhaustion or emotional exhaustion, the emphasis here is to detach from whatever you're burnt out from, especially if it's your nine to five and you're bringing work home with you and you're engaging on your smartphone, looking at emails at eight, seven, eight PM, and it's keeping you up at night. Try to find ways to leave work at work. For example, this might look like turning off email notifications or Slack notifications once the clock strikes five, tackle those emails the next workday. If there's an abundance of tasks to be done the following day and it's five o'clock and you feel like you're already drowning in the next day's work, make a little list for yourself, prioritize what tasks need to be done the following morning. That way you're being proactive about it and it gives you some peace of mind about what you're going to accomplish that following day. Other ways to detach and leave work at work are pretty straightforward actually. Um, try to engage in something called psychological rest. There's a fancier way of just saying interacting with your friends and family, engaging in hobbies outside of work. Again, emphasis on hobbies outside or not related to your work. Could be gaming, could be going on a nature trail. Something that detaches your mind and your body off of work and whatever thing is burning you out. By engaging in this detachment and this psychological rest, you'll feel a greater work-life balance. You'll likely have a better mood in the long term, and you'll have greater feelings of vitality moving forward. So now we've kind of tackled exhaustion, and if you're feeling this either physical or mental exhaustion, other symptoms of burnout include a reduced sense of accomplishment and devaluation of whatever activity seems to be burning you out. And devaluation essentially just means you don't value what you're doing as much as you once did. So if you're in the midst of these symptoms, it's very difficult to imagine anything positive pertaining to your job or whatever hobby or task is burning you out. The last thing you want to do is think about what things you can be better at because that's just going to add more stress to the burnout that you're already feeling. Now, some of the things you can do, some of the small, small steps, incremental steps that you can take if you're especially feeling this devaluation or this reduced sense of accomplishment is try to recognize some of the smaller benefits of participating in that task that you might not have realized or that you might have overlooked. This might come with the idea of you growing either personally or professionally. It might come with some of the more skills that you're learning or some of the uh, activities you get to be a part of by partaking in this job, things like that. Ultimately, try to take away something positive you can take away as a result of your participation. That can be one thing that can sort of help buffer against those feelings of burnout in the long term. Now, another small step forward here, if you're feeling burnt out and you feel like you're just kind of going through the motions, if you will, is try to set small goals for yourself. And when I'm talking about setting goals here, write them down somewhere you check often. Make it your phone background, set reminders every so often to check in on these goals. This isn't like the dude who sets a New Year's resolution where he says, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, joins the gym, and then two weeks later, they never check in on that goal again. They fall out of their routine and things like that. The key to accomplishing your goals in the long term is to consistently check in on them, assess them, look at your progress. And that way, when you set these smaller incremental goals in the short term, you'll tackle these larger, more ambitious goals in the long term. 
And that can be rewarding. And that type of thinking and that type of mindset and goal setting approach can help buffer against burnout in the long term because you're able to look back at an extended period of time and say, wow, look at how I've grown, look how I've progressed within this domain. What I'm doing isn't a complete waste of time. These goals can be any kind of goals. They can be outcome goals. Say you want to tackle a specific project in X amount of weeks. Say they're process goals or something like along the lines of you want to generate a conversation with one new person. You want to help build your network, things like that. If you're able to take these small steps and you're able to acknowledge the positives within the sort of sea of negativity that you find yourself in when you're feeling burnt out, try to set some of these small goals for yourself. And setting those small goals can help you reframe your participation at work or in whatever task is burning you out towards hopefully something a bit more productive and a bit more beneficial to you and your well-being. So with that being said, that closes the inaugural episode of Mentally Optimal. I hope that if you're suffering from burnout that you can recover and you can take the necessary actions to recover. If you or someone you know is feeling burnout, especially if it's someone you know, try to reference them in this podcast, especially if you took something away from it. Uh, depending on what platform you're on, try to interact where you can, like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you've tried some of these things, if they have or haven't worked for you. Let others know if there's anything that I didn't mention that specifically worked for you. And with that being said, that concludes the inaugural episode of Mentally Optimal. I'll see y'all next time.